Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Get up! Get on up! Get on up! Get on up! We up, baby. Randy Cross sitting in for Gio. This is Gio and Jones. We're coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Studio. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. And one of our favorite guests is on the line. He gets up bright and early for us. He's a trooper. Y'all call me this. Oh, man, y'all must be crazy. Nah, man. His wife gets him out of bed and makes him work out. Is that what it is? About 530. Ah, so okay. He's just recovering from that workout. <laughs> Charles Davis, NFL on Fox Analyst, joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Gio and Joel. CD, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. It's good, good to talk with you, BJ. Randy, how you doing? And Randy, one thing, uh, I, I just don't recover anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can relate. <laughs> D- definitely can relate to that. Hey, we've been discussing uh, the big trade that went down last night. Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. finally moving on from the Patriots, uh, going out to San Francisco. Uh, what do you make of this, and how's it going to play for both teams? I think it plays really well for San Francisco because – the fan base needs to see, you know, something that says, boy, we really want to win some ball games." You know, you've seen some of it already because I think that the administration and, look, there's some bias here because I've known John Lynch for a long time, been a colleague of his, and I want him to be extremely successful. But I really liked what he did. He and Kyle Shanahan, when he got there, took the job. Rookie GM, never done it before. How's he get this job? And I thought he handled the draft like a veteran. I mean, just, you know, being able to get extra picks out of the deal with um, Mitchell Trubisky, being able to get Reuben Foster in the first round when other people wanted to pass on him, just right on down the line. I just liked it. This move here, when everyone in the league was saying, well, Kirk Cousins is going to San Francisco, that was a big one. You get the guy that everyone was talking about, the guy everyone was convinced was not leaving New England because, you know, Belichick's going to hold on to him because Brady's 40 years old. I really like that one. For New England, <laughs> it's as simple as this. Anytime we don't really know what they're doing, we should sit down and say they know what they're doing because they always end up figuring it out. So I can't wait to see how it plays out. And ironically enough, there's no room for Brian Hoyer now, right, in San Francisco? Does he end up back as the, as the backup this season to finish out the year for Tom Brady since he already knows the system? Could he end up back there? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Hey, and when you talk about that trade in general, that's a franchise. I was just out there last weekend, Charles, and that fan base is not happy. Yeah. Not even close to happy. Um, they have a little patience, a little grace period because of, you know, John John Lynch's sort of gravitas and his, his Stanford roots and, and everything else, but – they need, like you said, they need to see something kind of positive. The problem's going to be they're going to have to wrap Garoppolo in, in Kevlar. Yeah. Because yeah. that offensive line is sorry. <laughs> well, well, that's what I – my first thought, Randy, was, okay, you trade for this incredible asset that you're going to build around. But 
do you play him this year? <laughs> <laughs> Behind those guys? Because I just can't. I mean, I just did San Francisco, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And they, you, you, I mean, you know, they finished the game. Oh, God. Eric Magnuson, an undrafted free agent, had to end up start playing right tackle because the game started. Trent Brown didn't start because he was hurt. Gary Gilliam, who was the backup, started, got hurt. They put Zane Beatles in at right tackle, who's been to the Pro Bowl before, but as a guard. He plays right tackle. Then there's another injury. <laughs> Joe Staley gets hurt. So now Beatles has to go to left tackle. Magnuson has to come off the bench, go to right tackle. And the next move was one of the tight ends was going to have to play. That's Oof. where they are in the offensive line. And Brandon Fusco started at right guard, and he was questionable right up. They had to warm him up and see if he could play with a bicep injury. So now you've traded for this incredible asset, but to your point, I'm kind of sitting there with you, Randy. I don't know if this is really the good thing for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and I did see where they already said he won't start this week. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they're probably contemplating, well, what week would we start it? Maybe we just don't. That's one, that's one less week to wear that future cast. <laughs> maybe, 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 we, maybe we're talking about starting him in 2018. Let's let him learn. <laughs> hey, but keeping it in the division – don't you think that trade between the Texans and the Seahawks is something that will bear a lot more fruit very, very quickly? Well, it had to happen. I mean, Randy, you, 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 I mean, you played at such a high level. Brian, you understand as, 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 a, as a linebacker reading line play, Seattle is not Seattle. We can talk about Seattle as much as we want to and go, hey, look at the record. They're doing great and all that. But they're not the Seattle we know because they cannot, literally cannot run the football. I mean, last week, Russell Wilson had 30 yards rushing. The team had 33 total. Mm. I mean, think about yeah. that. Running backs at Seattle can't run football. So the move for Dwayne Brown is paramount. Now, I get them this week, which is, I mean, I'm having fun with all this trading, just all these teams. This is awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Dwayne Brown's got to come in and play. They've got to figure out how to move the ball. They've got to figure out what's going on with the running backs because they've got to take some pressure off because right now, it is Russell Wilson's wild, magical tour, and that's just not the way that they want to sustain, but that might be the way they have to. That's a big move. They give up a defensive back and some picks. I think it's a move that they had to make, and I think it's a great move for them. And let's face it, Dwayne Brown and Robert McNair, that wasn't going to go any longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as much as it was a money deal, uh, that was also uh, this relationship needs to be severed. This relationship is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely that. Charles Davis, NFL on Fox Analyst, joining us here on CBS Sports Radio, Geo and Jones. I want to go back to the Eagles because what have you witnessed with the maturation of Carson Wentz? And not just Wentz. I think, yep. we, we, yes, the quarterback gets the lion's share of the praise. That's a, a a pivotal position, of course. But offensively, they just look so much fluid and smooth, and it helps when your your former number one receiver, Aguilar, is now catching the rock, and they've solidified yep. him as that slot position. But And you go get Alshon Jeffrey. But they look damn good from receiver to tight end, a quarterback, every position on that team. Well, let's go ahead and hit it real quick. Offensive line is playing very well for them, and now losing Jason Peters is a killer because he's so fantastic. But they'll put, you know, Big V, Halapulavate, Vitae at left tackle because they don't want to move Lane Johnson because there are a lot of great pass rushers they're going to play against that actually come from Lane Johnson's side as a general rule. So don't shift him over there away from Von Miller and Khalil Mack. <laughs> Leave him where he needs to be. Tight end Zach Ertz has been healthy all year. 
If you look at Zach Ertz's career, he chews people up in November and December when he's healthy. This is the year that he's been healthy from the word go, and look at the numbers he's got. And they surrounded him with better receivers, bringing in Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. Aguilar, as you pointed out, has developed when many people thought he was an absolute bust. So you put it all together, the coaching that they've had, one voice in coaching Carson Wentz with three different guys who could coach quarterback, but they all managed to put it together and not screw him up like golf coaches. No swing this way, no swing that way, no swing this way, no think this, no think – no, it's one way. And they've all had the same voice in coaching him, and they look pretty darn good. And right now their confidence couldn't be any higher because their defense. Defense feels like, hey, if we just get the ball for number 11, we're going to be in great shape. Yeah, you look at uh, that East in general, Charles. Wh- where Who's going to challenge? I mean, there's really there's, there's no way to tell. A couple weeks ago, Denver was right. good. A couple weeks ago, there's all kinds of teams that were playing good. But is Dallas the team that's going to be the real challenge to Philadelphia, or is Philadelphia's biggest challenge going to be paying attention? Well, Randy, prior to last night's you know news that they reinstated for, what is it, the umpteenth time, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. Yeah. I was loving Dallas and how they were coming. It felt to me like they had kind of settled in, and it felt like we're good for the year with Zeke. This thing's done, right? They'll have to come get him next year. It's been reinstated. They'll fight it again. We'll see. But I liked where Dallas was going, and I thought they were the contender. And remember, they still got to play Philadelphia twice. Right. This thing's far from over, so I can't wait to see how it plays out. But if they get that TRO again, because the TRO, the temporary restraining order, has been Dallas's best friend this season. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> helped keep Zeke on the football field. When you look at Tampa Bay, and we we uh, mulling this uh, question yesterday. Yeah, where'd, uh, they, where'd they go, Yeah, they, the they have regressed. And Dirk Cutter was supposed to come in and be the quarterback whisperer and help take uh, Jameis Winston, number one overall pick, take his game. To the you know through the stratosphere and, and that hasn't come to fruition. They they draft well. They get big time free agents and Deshaun Jackson. Have you been able to measure uh, you know the angst uh, there in Tampa with this football team? If there was an angst meter, BJ, it's sky high because the hopes for this season. Look, you guys have been around the game a long time. How many years in a row? Have we all talked about, well, you know, Tampa Bay could be that team that you got to talk about, mm-hmm. right, for many, many times. Remember when Darrell Rivas went there as a corner? Yep. Hey, you're not talking about Tampa Bay. You probably should, and it never came to fruition, right? This one felt real. This one felt like this is the time. Hard knocks, young quarterback, you name it. Right now they are a lot like the Lucy, Lucille Ball show. Ricky Ricardo, Lucy! You got some splaining to do because no one can figure this out. Yeah. I mean, heck, New, New Orleans is leading the division. New Orleans is leading the division. Listen, <laughs> Tampa mm-hmm. Bay's numbers last year on defense were not good. We know that. But the last half of the season, they were way better. So they looked like they were on the rise, didn't they? Mike Smith running the defense. They got some players, et cetera. Offensively, you thought the same thing. Here they come. I can't explain it. I saw them in Arizona. And two years in a row, they go out with, hey, you guys going to handle the time change? Ah, we got this. No problem. Two years in a row, they get whacked. So I don't know what, what to say. I don't know what it is. And let's face it, we are in a little bit of a bizarre world because New Orleans, they're doing it on defense. 
Yeah, I just said that. New Orleans yeah. is doing it on defense. So we're all just kind of like, what the heck? What are we seeing? So it's really throwing us a little bit. But it's actually fun to watch. Drew Brees manage games at times as opposed to having to be the gunslinger and go get points. How about that game last night, Charles? Oh, man. <sighs> I'm glad I'm not Vance Joseph right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> because he came, he came full out for Trevor Simeon, didn't he? Now where do you go? There's right? no re- there there go? is no retreat. There's right. I mean he can't. He said it, and and Lisa Salters reported it last night. He told him in their production meeting, no matter what, he doesn't come out. He's our quarterback. And then after the game, I think in the post game presser because I just saw a headline, so I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to misquote Vance. Mm-hmm. But I think the impression was much more. He didn't go all in on Trevor Simeon anymore. <laughs> Yo, how could he? I mean, that's a tough one. Here's your problem, though. You go into the quarterback room and you're staring at Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch. Lynch, you would think, would be the first guy up because of the draft status, but he really did not impress them at all in preseason and has been hurt. And then you got Osweiler sitting there. Somewhere John John Elway, when he sits down with Vance Joseph, they just look at each other. (laughs) What do you do? So they're gonna, I think they're going to try to continue to ride Simeon. But, boy, that one really, that one really dented their confidence because he, he, last night was a night where, unfortunately, he gave his team no chance, and that was a tough one. Oakland, uh, they haven't looked like they have a chance. They get waxed out here on the Northeast by Buffalo this Ooh. past weekend, and this was a team that rode into the season with a lot of expectations. And you got your franchise quarterback. You have him locked up, and uh, you've drafted – at least offensively pretty well. Khalil Mack on the defensive side of the ball. What is going on with the Raiders? I don't know, and I was frankly surprised that they didn't take that Kansas City Thursday night win with a few extra days and parlay it. Yeah. Because I thought that that win was the jump start that they needed to get back to it. Too many stories about Marshawn Lynch dancing with fans and riding subways and not enough stories about good play. And that's part of what I think is, is an issue there. The, far, the great that Marshawn brought them, which was to get, keep the fans off their back while they're getting ready to move to Las Vegas, there's also not the same production. And they just can't figure it out defensively about how to be able to cover people when the chips are down. That Kansas City game, they won it, but Kansas City lost it as much as they won it. So now when you flip it over, you're going on an East Coast swing – usually handle that well you've got to go beat buffalo i know buffalo is having a nice start to the season but you've got to go beat buffalo if you're who you say you are so i have very serious questions about about oakland right now and i truthfully another team i just can't figure out they're like tampa bay to me i can't put my finger on what exactly it is because i don't have anything that just jumps out oh this is the reason why if Derek carr still wasn't playing that would be it for oakland but that's not it they only lost him for one game that was amazing. That offensive line is so vaunted and, and talented. Is that the issue? What's going on there? We knew defense. They had to work on it, but I know they'd be you know, struggling this much. I can't put my finger on it. Hey, Charles, I can't, uh, can't have you on and not discuss a little bit about your other favorite football team, the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, my alma mater. Yeah, <laughs> what's, uh, what's going on with them? What's going on in the SEC in general? It seems like yeah. there's a lot of people with itchy trigger fingers. 
<laughs> there are, aren't there, Randy? These Man. People are lining up, don't they? Yeah. Now, now the Florida thing, I'll go Florida real quick before I get back to Mama Mater. The Florida thing was really not an on-field deal, as we're discovering as things continue to leak out. Bad relationship between head coach and administration. And then I don't know what head coach was thinking in press conference talking about death threats to his family. Mm-hmm. Because those are the things that you share with your administration first. I don't care who you are. You go to your administration, tell them what's going on, and ask for help. When you share it with the public and administration hears it secondhand, they're upset that you didn't share it with them to begin. Then when they ask you how they can help, what did you get, and you don't have great answers for them, now they're really upset. And, and, and couple that with getting whacked in, in the big game against Georgia, and they couldn't wait to get him out of there. And I think what's telling to me about it is they really owed him, if they fired him, nearly $13 million. From what I'm hearing, they're settling somewhere between four and five. So that tells me that he, he's culpable of something. Because if, if, if that much money's not going in his pocket, mm-hmm. then he did something wrong there that they've got him for. And I think they said, tell you what, but let's settle on this and you be gone. <laughs> Tennessee, on the other hand, administration is still with the head coach. They've made no move that way. But the confidence of the fans, as you know, Randy, being back there in Atlanta, you know the confidence of the fans is nil, absolute nil. And I've seen things now where the fans are talking about, well, one way to get the administration's attention is just don't go to the game. Yeah. And, and when you start doing that, and I've always said this, as soon as teams who generally draw real well don't draw well, that's when the coach is in trouble. Philip Fulmer's a Hall of Fame coach at Tennessee. When, when we started getting – 75,000 at games instead of 100,000. That was the end of his tenure. When the sellout streak at Georgia, remember that long sellout streak Georgia yeah. had? Mm-hmm. When Mark, when that got broken with Mark Richt, despite the fact he was winning 80-plus percent of his games, he was gone. And that's, what, that's, that's when it happens. Economically, that's when, that's when moves happen. Obviously, I don't want it to happen. I hate the idea that we're going to have to it looks like we're going to have to change coaches again. I wanted Butch Jones. I want Butch Jones to be successful. But it just doesn't look like it's going to happen right now because we're also – it's one thing to get beat by Alabama, but when you're starting to lose to teams that you should be beating as a, on a general basis, and no offense to any of the fan bases out there, but if you, if you stack them up, Tennessee should be beating South Carolina, should be beating Kentucky, should be beating Vanderbilt. And when that's not happening regularly – that's a problem. Yeah, you have a campaign out there now, empty Neyland yeah, Stadium empty instead Neyland of Stadium. I saw that. And I was like, oh, that yeah. breaks my heart because yeah. going to going to games is a part of family culture, family oh, yeah. or Tennessee support, and I just hate that. That that's the way people think they have to react, but that's the way people try to get people's attention. And, and if that's going to be the case, that's good. That could be for an ugly Saturday. Charles, we appreciate you getting up early for us, my man. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. But Randy Hatter, I'm just trying to cool down from that workout. Because <laughs> if, if I gain any more weight, I'll, I'll be I'll be a no-house dude. All right? I'll, be the, I'll be the one kicked out. Mama's still having you climbing walls and doing all that stuff? Yeah, and, and she said I didn't hit the right times today on her stopwatch. There you go. Really ugly tomorrow. <laughs> Woo! Cracking the whip, my man. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You guys, too. Great to talk with you. you Thanks, Charles. It. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.